You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. My guest for you today is Laura Roeder. She's the founder of Edgar, a social media automation tool designed to prevent status updates from going to waste. She's given talks at conferences like BlogHer and South by Southwest and has spoken about the value of independent entrepreneurship at the White House. Hello. She's appeared in Forbes, Fast Company, Mashable, CNET, and other major publications. And at the time that we recorded this episode, she was expecting her second little one. She's a superstar. We originally met online back in 2013, right when I had just started my business. That's a long time ago in online business years. And obviously a lot has happened since then. And personally, as you'll hear me say, probably a schoolian times throughout this conversation, I'm just super inspired by how she's built her businesses and especially how they've shifted since then. Just in terms of how she runs her company, they have a link, for example, on her website to like their company values. Actually, we'll put that here in the show notes of her company values and culture, how she's built her team. And I wanted to spot like her story on the podcast because one she's an amazing example of a founder who's kicking sass software get it software as a service while also having young kiddos and her take on team building contractors versus employees work environment all of that stuff will help you see what's possible when you dream think plan bigger and honestly i don't think we do that often enough In this conversation, we cover how her business has shifted and developed over the years, how she's prepping for baby number two, what originally motivated her to start a SaaS company, the biggest advice she'd give to mom to be entrepreneurs, how she structured Meet Edgar to allow her to take time off after the birth of her first child, her best hiring tips and thoughts on hiring contractors versus full-time employees, how to systemize your business when you're a personal brand but need time off. That's a super important conversation how to use automation software for social media while not losing the connection with your community. And that's huge. And that's why a lot of people, including myself, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to automate it. Like it's a voicemail, like nobody's home. And she has some really great tips on that. What makes Meet Edgar so unique? What the typical user of their software looks like? What her new company is all about and what it offers to software developers? How to set yourself up for success as an entrepreneur with flexibility? And what bothers Laura most about how female entrepreneurs are viewed today? enjoy. Laura, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because I've yet to interview like founder SaaS style entrepreneurial mom. And so I'm really excited just to hear your take. I was just saying that it's been a while since we connected Mm -hmm. and definitely been shifting and growing a serious empire over there. So I'm excited to get the scoop. Yeah, thank you. Happy, happy to uh, represent the SAS mom <laughs> contingency <laughs> over here. <laughs> okay, so I'd love to just start by setting up the frame just so that we can understand because you've been in business. I mean, I think we're about the same age, but you've been in business mm-hmm. for over a decade now, right? Yeah, in one yeah. Form or another. But can you just kind of reset the frame in terms of how long you've been in business? And I know it's shifted a lot, even just in the last handful of years. And then when your little one came into the picture, because you're definitely entrepreneur first. Mm-hmm. Mom mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I started working for myself full-time in 2007, and I'm 33 now. So yeah, that was in my my early 20s and haven't looked back. I've been you know, an entrepreneur that, that whole time. Started out as a freelance designer, then moved into doing some social media training and consulting and had an information product business around social media. Co-founded B-School with Marie Forleo, which... I'm guessing a lot of your listeners are familiar with. And then in 2014, I launched Meet Edgar, which is a software company, a social media automation tool for entrepreneurs. And I was pregnant when I launched that company. So we launched in July, 2014. My son was born in January, oh, 2015. Wow. And now I'm pregnant with number two. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's a fun <laughs> bonus because now you, I just was, I was just Googling and I saw that you just launched your second company. So this is a exactly. <laughs> This is a thing over there. Yeah. Yeah. Not not on purpose a thing, but you know, I'm in my childbearing years. I'm starting companies. So sometimes that's how the timing works out. I love it. So what was it that drew you to shifting the business model completely, you know, and going from information products to the actual software. I mean, well, it relates obviously Edgar. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually was very directly related to motherhood. I've always known that I wanted to have kids at some point and that always is something that motivated me as an entrepreneur. You know, I wanted to be in charge of my own schedule. I wanted to have flexibility and I wanted to have a business eventually that really other people could run without me. Mm. And part of that was motivated by thinking, okay, when I have kids, I'd like to be able to be really flexible with the time I'm able to take off and the hours I work and all that good stuff. So in my information product business, I was the face of it, like sort of the typical model where I was the trainer, I was the teacher, I was creating the content, I was kind of the face that people were familiar with. And there's definitely ways to scale those types of businesses. And there's lots of examples of people, you know, that have built that model into a multi-million dollar business, but it's still not a business that the trainer, the face can say, I'm just going to take a year off and the business is going to grow. You know, it's just a different model. So I was really motivated to say like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm looking to have kids soon. What can I do that'll be a business that truly can grow without me, a business that I'd be able to sell at some point, you know, a business that isn't reliant on me being there, either promoting it or creating content. I'd always been interested in software and basically just sort of the stars aligned where what we do at Meet Edgar is something I'd been teaching in my training business. So it really made sense to turn that into software that, that does it for you, that keeps a library of your social media updates all organized and cycles through them and helps you just create a lot of updates around your content and then sends them out for you. So yeah, that was my, that was my motivation in starting the company. Okay. So what was the reality like? You have your oldest is a little little man, right? Little mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And then so what was the reality once if you started Meet Edgar in July and then he arrived in January? Was it like what you expected? And you were like, Okay, cool, because the team's got this and I'm already even probably just six months in. You mm-hmm. guys were probably pretty automated or something magical. It seems like you have a really <laughs> human culture. Well, you know, I always joke that like everyone should be pregnant when they <laughs> when they launch their business because what was great about it is I knew that I was going to be taking a leave. Yeah. You know, so like to have this constraint to launch your business and be like 
And this is going to have to run without me, you know, less than a year after launch Mm -hmm. was actually a really amazing constraint because it really forced me to do things in a different way. I'm like, my goal was to have a business that doesn't rely on me. And like, that's really got to (laughs) happen because, because I'm going to be gone. And I talked to a lot of entrepreneur moms, you know, while I was pregnant, before I went on leave, you know, about how to handle the leave and how much time to take. And the advice that I got, which, you know, is the advice that I would pass on as well is like, choose to have more time because you can always go back sooner if that works out for you. But if you tell your team, you're going to be back in two weeks, like you, you might severely regret that. And of course we don't know if, you know, the baby could have health problems or we can have health problems. You just, you never know what will happen at a birth. Um, so I decided to take three months. So I had been preparing, you know, from day one launch day that in about six months I would be gone for three months. And I really wanted to give myself room to be gone entirely. So even though, you know, I was still involved in the marketing that became like, okay, here's the marketing plan, execute it. I wasn't personally like hosting webinars or something like that. That's just sort of never how we've set things up. Even though I was involved in the strategy, it wasn't me writing a blog post, hosting the webinars, whatever. That's always been mm-hmm. other people doing it. And then we had, you know, other people have ownership and responsibility really early on in other parts of the company, like the customer service for me, Edgar, I just have never been involved with. Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody else makes those decisions. Somebody else sets the strategy you know, she does an amazing job at it. I'm not a developer. I don't know how to build our software or fix it. So that's great. I can't, I can't even pretend to go in when something goes wrong. You know, obviously that side was handled by other people as well. And I did end up taking the full three months off work. And then I worked part-time for the next about year after that. Okay. Well, that's amazing. And actually that just while you're talking reminded me of Denise and whenever she was like in labor when y'all were supposed to be having a promo crawl or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the best laid plan sometimes. And so it's like, it tends to go, obviously there's no one right way and everybody has their own things going on. But then sometimes people are like, okay, cool. I have a deadline, the ultimate due date of a human's mm-hmm. arrival. So of course I'm going to be motivated. And then sometimes you're in, you know, your late weeks and you're like, well, screw that. Cause that actually didn't happen. And so we're going to adjust and just realize like you'll make it work however you need to. So even if not everything is queued up, but it sounds amazing that yours was. And I'm just curious selfishly to hear about some of your best hiring tips, you know, and like just the CEO mindset of hiring people who do take the ownership early on and are all of your people employees or do you have some contractors or what was the plan for that? All employees at this point and... Yeah, we've pretty much always done that with Edgar. With the business before, it was more contractors, but Edgar's generally been, yeah, W-2 employees. And yeah, I mean, I think there is, I think the contractor versus employee thing actually is important. I think there's a big mental shift when someone is a full-time W-2 employee, like that's you know, often their only job, which is really great for you as the employer because they're devoting all of their mental energy to improving that business. I mean, the thing about working with contractors, you know, depending on how it works and depending on the model, but often they have their own business and you're one of their clients, right? If you're working with someone who like is doing some contract customer service work for you, well, they have a few other people that they're working with. They're trying to grow their own business. They're not staying up at night, usually like thinking of strategies 
on how to improve your whole customer service game plan. And not because they don't care, just because like they got other stuff to do, <laughs> you know, like they, they have a lot more going on. So I do think hiring full-time can really be a game changer. Also just that expectation from day one that you are giving people the responsibility and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes you see that someone isn't the right fit, but going for that idea from day one of like, okay, I need you to own this area. You know, I'm here to help you. We can work together on how to improve it, but I'm not going to dictate what you do. I'm going to tell you the kind of outcomes that we're looking for. And it's really up to you to, to make that happen with support, you know, but, but it is ultimately your responsibility and, and then they can sink or swim. Okay, so that's another thing that I was just Googling and it was, or I guess it actually clicked from, how do you pronounce, is it Ropig? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it was something that I had clicked That's the new there. business. Okay. Yes. The new one. And then I clicked over and it was a post you had written on opening up your internal handbook. And I also just feel like the idea of that, whether you have contractors or employees, because obviously most people were going to be starting with contractors. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's a good manifesting tool of getting like really, really clear and then using that as a filter. So I'm curious at what point, or did you have that from the beginning of me, Edgar? Because I also just love Edgar's personality. He's just mm-hmm. so charismatic. And, and as you know, someone with my background in helping people with copy and having their own personality, I'm like, well, Edgar's a great example of a social media octopus. <laughs> and he's able to really communicate like himself. So where did all of that strategy come in? And was it just straight from the very beginning that you were like, okay, here's our plan here, team. And then anybody who was coming in was kind of being passed through that filter of getting on board with that? Yeah. I mean, we've had some form of the employee handbook since the beginning. I mean, it's definitely evolved and grown. And I totally agree with you that having documents like that is so great from day one. And most you know, I bootstrap my business. I know most of our listeners are probably not going out and raising tons of money, right? You're probably starting out with just you and then maybe you add on some part-time help. That's exactly how I did it. So I don't want to give this impression that like, yeah, you have to somehow have this huge pot of money or you can afford to hire W2 employees right from the beginning. It is, it was, it was gradual for me. It's, it's gradual for most businesses, but I do think that's a great goal to work towards. And like you said, like, you can have that team mindset no matter what your team looks like. And I think a lot of people do make the mistake of kind of not really treating their business seriously because even when it's just you, you should have an employee handbook, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, talk about the, how you do things and, and the standards that you have because, yeah, if your contractors can come in and see like, okay, here's the strategy of the business and here's the values of the business, it's going to make it a lot easier for them to do things in a way that you want and for everyone to be pointed in the same direction as opposed to if you just, they just kind of come in and you're like, uh, okay, do customer service, but you haven't given them any values on what that means for your business, you know, how you want people to be treated. Like often people are just sort of driving blind and then it's not a surprise that they make different assumptions from you. Right. Okay. So you mentioned you took your three months off originally. And then when you started working part-time and your whole team is remote. So obviously that Mm -hmm. means you are remote too. Mm -hmm. So does that mean when you came back part-time, you were working from home in the part-time hours? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember where I worked because I guess it it was either like from home or co working. I did find that for me, I could not do like mom time and work time mm-hmm. at the same time 
That did not work for me. Like we have women at my company that like got the baby strapped to them. They're doing their work. Like it just did not work for me at all. It made me so stressed out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this podcast is called Naptime Empires. I remember even when I would try, I stopped even working during naps because your kid doesn't wake up at the right time during during a nap. They never wake up when you want them to. And I would find it's like, yeah, I'd put him down for a nap. I'd get into something. If he'd wake up early, I'd get so frustrated. I'd be like, upset with him. Like you're like upset with like a four month old baby, right. You know, waking up the wrong time. Yeah. 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 So like, I know that works for a lot of women. It just did not work for me. So what worked for me was having really set hours where I was a hundred percent not on mom duty. So whether, you know, you happen to be in your house or whether I was at a coffee shop or something, I wasn't sort of like, helping out if he needed me or like, Mm -hmm. it was just like, nope, for these four hours I'm working, you know, my husband or a nanny is watching the baby and that separation is what I need. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, it's important to learn, to learn and to be honest about Mm -hmm. what's working or what's not, because I do feel like a lot of people, my oldest was already 18 months old by the time I started. And instead of me thinking about starting a business before I had him, I just knew I wanted the flexibility to be able to work from home. Like, Mm -hmm. so even when it was the park service or university of Phoenix that I was working for, I had rigged that in my favor and then starting my business was its own thing. But then I realized like, yeah, it's not necessarily all it's cracked up to be. There are times when I'm so thankful for it because if a little one's homesick from school or daycare or whatever, it's great to be able to be here, but yeah, it's conducive to focused work. <laughs> the whole naptime empires thing, really, it's like when you're treating your child as a human Pomodoro timer where it's like, okay, <laughs> down <Yeah>. and go, <laughs> whatever you're right. working on, whether it's like take a nap or do something in the house that you've been needing to do or actually get your work done. But yeah, it's important. And I feel like a lot of people then feel guilty or especially if they start the business so that they can be home and then they realized, oh, actually that's not the ideal and it's not working for me. And now I would rather get out of the house, but didn't I do this so that I could be home? And then it's this cycle, right? Like we're really good at talking ourselves in and out of everything. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, it's, it's all about the flexibility. Like we've all had those days where it's like, okay, TV is going on for four mm-hmm. hours. because That's the only way to keep you occupied. And I've got stuff to do, you know? Right. So, but yeah, having the ability to do that instead of like using your last vacation day at work to be home sick with your kid. And now you've used up all your vacation time. I mean, that stuff is just so frustrating. And that's also why I love having a remote company and having that for, my whole team, because yeah, for our team, like when their kid gets sick, usually they don't need to take the day off work. I mean, if your kid is like puking and you're having to hold their hair all day, right. like, like right. you know, that day they're probably going to take off. But yeah, yeah if they're just kind of chilling on the couch, watching TV, the parent can still work from home and check in on them every yeah. so often. And like everyone should have that flexibility. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious what your sage wisdom is since now you've, you've got a lot of experience in the very different fields, but not so different, obviously, because Edgar does relate to mm-hmm. what you're already doing. But knowing that our buddy listening likely does have a business where she's the face, like mm-hmm. what are, what's your advice for those who are in that phase and want to be? I mean, obviously, I feel like it's, 
it's cool. And then I always send people to Dan Martell. Like if you, if you think about, if you think about starting a software, then go check out some of Dan's stuff. Cause he specializes in that. But like for most people listening, probably it is like, Oh crap. I am the face of my business. Mm-hmm. Am I doomed if I'm never going to sell it or whatever? Like what are yeah. some of your tips for kind of having a little bit of the best of both worlds and, or just systemizing a business where you are the face to where you're not always on if that's even possible. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, one, I just think it's really smart to know, like to know the constraints that you're working with and you don't need to panic about it. And it's not bad to have a business that you're the face of. And there's a lot of huge upsides. Like for one thing, it makes your marketing a whole lot easier. I think, because I think people love to connect with people and it's just this great shortcut for your marketing. If, if your business is either is just you or, or is really represented as you, you know, you mentioned Denise DT earlier. I mean, her and Kate Northrup are like the heroes of being the face of your business, of batching, you know, taking time off the business for your kid. And I think batching is such a huge part of it, you know, being really organized with your time where you're like, I'm going to write six blog posts over the next two days, and then I'm going to run them and I'm going to be done with that. And also getting support for your business. So you can really hone in on the things that you need to do, you know, so maybe for your business, you need to be the one who is there live on the webinar or the Facebook live. So you just have to think about, okay, if I'm committing to be there live for that hour, how can I get help with all those other tasks? How can I get help with, you know, doing advertising for it, promoting it, putting the slides together, like putting the content together. There's a lot of other stuff we all know that goes on behind the scenes besides that hour where you need to show up live or me on this podcast is a great example. You know, I still of course do things to promote my business like appear on this podcast, but like as Nikki knows, I was not involved with scheduling (laughs) in this podcast. You know, it it just shows up on my calendar and then I just show up and talk. And then when I'm done, you know, I also don't handle like promoting it later. The link is sent to our marketing team and they send it out on our social channels. So I think really honing in on what are the things that really do need to be me? Because at first you feel like you have to do everything Mm. and you really don't. Okay. Yes. Amen. And all the praise hands. And that's why I'm like, I feel like just the conversation around team, team culture and setting Mm -hmm. people up for success and giving them the support they need, but also just having that expectation that it's about outcomes and that you're not down to be micromanaging. Otherwise, then it's actually taking more time than it is saving time, which defeats the purpose. Okay. So I had some questions. I actually... I am a Meet Edgar user, although Mm -hmm. I am barely tapping into, I know all that he can Mm do. And so I'm just curious from your end, like when it comes to automating, well, I guess just tell me, like tell me about it and tell me maybe how it's evolved. Cause I do feel like when some people would use automation tools and maybe this is why I never actually used it on like my Facebook page. I use it in my group, for example, where it's Mm -hmm. like Wednesdays and post your celebration. And I'm like, thanks that that's there. And it's keeping the conversation and the engagement going without me needing to be there. So I'm delegating to Edgar, but like, I don't know how to phrase the question, but like, what are the trends or how do people use an automation software Mm -hmm. and still build a connection. Yeah. And not feel like it's just, you're getting a voicemail on, on, (laughs) on the page. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, the way I always think of it is your content needs to be high quality and you need to be, or someone needs to be doing that relationship building and interacting. Mm -hmm. But the way that the status update is sent to the network 
nobody knows and nobody cares, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like what, you know, you don't want to, you don't want social media automation to mean you like found some bot that puts random words together <laughs> and <then laughs> posts them to your Facebook page. Like that's not going to be very effective for your business. But what's really cool about, I mean, Edgar in particular is it actually allows you to have much more time to make sure your content is quality because one, the nature of the tool really encourages batching. So like all your social content is categorized in Edgar. So if you like to send out inspirational quotes, you have a category for inspirational quotes and you fill it up. So if you spend an hour finding inspirational quotes or like making little graphics for them or whatever, you can get a lot of them done and you'll actually feel like, okay, these are on brand. You know, I really like the message that these represent. What happens when we try to do our social media on the fly is you're like, uh, what, uh, what am I going to post? What am I going to post? And then you're like, okay, inspirational quote, like retweet. And then you're like, oh wait, that was from Donald Trump. Like maybe that doesn't represent my brand the way I thought I did. Take it back, take it back, you know? So yeah, it's, it's important that you're doing that curation process, but what's not important is that like you're sitting there live hitting the button, you know, yeah. no one knows on your Facebook page, if you used a tool or which tool you used, or if you were on your phone or on your computer, like, or if you were the one typing it in, that just does not matter. And even if people do know it, it doesn't have any impact on their experience or, you know, on the quality of content they receive. So that's kind of what we preach at Meet Edgar. Like let software do the parts that software can do, which is handle just sending out the content for you. And then you can spend your time curating, making sure the content is good. And also it allows you to spend your time on the community stuff, just like you talked about with your Facebook group, doesn't matter if Edgar is sending out the Wednesday conversation starter or if you're sitting there like, oh, I have to set my timer mm -hmm. for every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you know, to be there sending it out. What matters is that you're in the follow-up conversation, you know, that you're reading what people are saying and engaging and, and keeping it going. So we want to free up your time to be able to do the human parts. I love the way that you put that because it makes a lot of sense. And you can just tell it's, you can tell. And just like you said, it's about the quality of the content that you're putting in there because when it's just like, check this out. And then it looks like a spam, you know, like it yeah. just looks like a random spam link shared or whatever. And it, check this out. Okay. And you can tell when people are just like, okay, I'm going to put all this in there because I need to post so many times. Right. But it's something that was really thoughtful in the time that you actually wrote it. And this is one of the great things about it. And also just about sharing, even in emails, like blog posts that you wrote a couple years ago, when people who are currently in your community had never even heard of you. Mm. And even the people who might've heard it two years ago, it's going to resonate with them differently today. So there's just so much value because I do feel like people are on a hamster wheel of like, oh, I got to create more. I need to say something right. insightful and inspiring today. And then it's like, well, yeah, but you probably did say something insightful and inspiring like seven months ago and no one heard it. <laughs> right. So send it out there again and watch what happens. Yeah. And we've actually received that feedback from our customers, which was sort of unexpected that people say it actually allowed them to blog less and create less content because some people are like, I used to think I had to write a new blog post in order to have something to say mm -hmm. on social media. But then Edgar made me realize I've already written 200 blog posts. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe I could talk about those. And so, yeah, it, it not only like frees up 
your time as a content creator. Obviously, it's way more time consuming to write a blog post than it is social media status updates. But yeah, it allows you to really keep leveraging that content that you already have, which people need to be seeing anyway. You spent time making it good, show it off to people. Right. And I saw in my inbox recently that y'all are going to be starting with Instagram soon too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that a thing that I'm like super not strategic about Instagram (laughs) at all, but part of me has been like, well, because people can't schedule it yet. So, you know, whatever. But I do feel like that's been part of the debate, right? It's like, well, if it's not inspired when I write it in the moment, but it can always be inspired whenever you write it in the moment and then you can schedule it and it'll still, someone will always be like, this is exactly what I needed to hear today. And you're like, oh, great. Thanks, scheduler. You know? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like it really doesn't matter if you wrote it three months ago or three years ago or an hour ago. Yeah. It matters the impact that it has on the read. I mean, think of a book, right? We're not like, oh, this book wasn't written last week. Like sucks. Don't want to read it. (laughs) Right. And like, what are most of the or is there a typical type of business in terms of a, a typical user or a dream user of me, Edgar? Like wh- who are the kinds of people that are using Edgar for sharing on their social posts? We have a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of service providers. You know, our customers tend to be the business owner that is doing social themselves, or mm-hmm. sometimes they have like a, a VA helping out with social. So that's something that is unique about our tool. We really were designed for the entrepreneur to use as opposed to assuming that someone has an entire marketing team and, you know, with three people devoted to maintaining their social channels. So that's why we're so focused on saving time and making your life easier and giving you less choices and just being like, just do it this way. It'll be great. It'll work because we see that that's really what entrepreneurs are looking for. Yeah which is the ultimate, again, I feel like with a lot of people, especially when you're leery or you haven't made your first hire, then this is an example of how like software, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a person. It's not like you have mm-hmm. to be hiring an assistant when you can yeah. find a tool that you can use and then have it all your way, however you want to style it up. Okay. Bouncing back to hashtag mom life. And now that you are expecting number two and launching business number two, mm-hmm. is there anything you're doing differently this time, you know, or it went pretty well the first time in terms of setting yourself up for your leave and all of that. I mean, obviously now you have another little human on the outside, so that definitely makes things different. Yeah. I mean, I think what I've learned, I mean, of course the ultimate mom lesson is like expect the unexpected and you have no control over your life. (laughs) (laughs) That's what people learn with parenting. And I've also learned like that, like people are cool. (laughs) People are cool with, having to reschedule. People are cool with the noise in the background. Like I feel like sometimes we get so worried about this stuff and it's so easy to like get yourself in a panic of like, Oh, my kid's school is like unexpectedly canceled today. Like what am I going to do? Everything is ruined. Like most people have kids. (laughs) Like it's very common to be a parent. Like people are super understanding And like letting other people help you too. Like that friend you have that's like, hey, we're always just chilling here. If you ever need to drop your kid off, like that'd be fine. That'd be fun. Like 
I know a lot of us can feel so scared of like taking them up on that or mm-hmm. like, Oh no, I don't want to bother them. So instead we like kill ourselves <laughs> trying to rearrange everything instead of just like dropping our kid off to have fun with our friend for two hours. So I think, you know, with the next one, I'm just going to be like a little more open to like flow and change and just like knowing that every day is like, all right, what do we need? What do we need to do today to make this work? Yeah. That's exactly like almost every time, pretty much every time anyone has ever needed to reschedule with me or anything. I'm like, cool. It always works out better. Or if I've needed to reschedule for the podcast and, and then I like message someone to let her know and ask if that's okay. She's like, Oh my gosh, thank you. Cause I'm really behind on whatever this thing is. So it's like, it always tends to work out and you're right. It's something that people can tend to freak out over, but then especially when people have kiddos or if you're working from home, whatever it is, or if I'm recording and we have, we don't have a pet, but we have one of those robot vacuums named Sharky. <laughs> and Sharky for the longest, I would just forget to reschedule uh-huh. like start at the same time. I'm like, oh, man. I think I have a couple podcasts where we had to pause for Sharky yeah. and then get back to life. And it's fine. And people appreciate that because yeah. if you're listening to a podcast, you do just want to know that these are humans, like real people who deal with the same things that you deal with. And that makes it all feel more doable. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's very few opportunities in life that are like, you have this one hour on this one day and it does not happen then. Mm-hmm. Everything is, even if you're doing like the big podcast for like webinar for your lunch and like mm-hmm. you've been emailing people for weeks and then like, it sucks when you yeah. need to reschedule it the last minute. Like that sucks. It's not ideal. But at the same time, like, is that going to ruin your business? Right. No. Right. Yeah. Flexibility. I guess it's just perspective too. When you think about if you were in a nine to five kind of job Mm -hmm. and thinking back to those days where it was like, you do really have to be a certain place in certain time. But even then, like when I worked for the park service in Hawaii, before I started my business, I was just so surprised and delighted. Like I remember finding out I was pregnant and being like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to quit. I'm not going to be able to do anything. Like it's not going to be like, they're, they're going to be so whatever. And my schedule is not going to be able to be flexible or what am I supposed to do? And it was like totally fine just because I asked and I was like, Hey, and I was adding a ton of value. So they were more than Mm. creating a flexible work schedule. And I worked all the way basically until my water broke like a few days later. So there's, yeah. And there's no harm in asking. And if you do need to reschedule, or somebody's not able to offer that flexibility, which is fine, but sometimes they're just not your person or yeah. it wasn't a partnership worth pursuing. And it's better to know that now than to always feel like you're walking on eggshells and have to be on your best behavior for whatever the outcome is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If someone, if, if you have a client that is super pissed off, if mm-hmm. there's ever, you know, a child talking in the background, which I haven't, that person sounds sort of evil. I haven't met them yet, but maybe I'm sure. I'm sure they're out there. Then it's like, yeah, you know what? Probably not the best fit for me because sometimes like you can sort of overhear my kid yelling in the background. Most people don't mind. That just reminded me of the BBC dad. God bless him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we can all like, you just, you can't say what you would do if you were in that situation. There was obviously a lot of shade thrown his way, but I'm like, you just don't know. And I'm sure she feels totally loved even with the (laughs) And also, like, what percentage of people were like, this man should be fired? Like, most people loved it and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to have to link to that. Bring that back. Hashtag TBT, BBC dad. Oh, that was really funny. Okay. 
So for those who are considering, maybe not like completely shifting and starting a software business, but maybe adding an app or adding Mm -hmm. some kind of software element to the business. Like what are, now that you've been and like, this is your zone and you're going for round two and all of that, like what are some of your tips for people who are just considering if maybe that is something they might want to try because it does feel Mm -hmm. intimidating and it Mm -hmm. feels like, oh, that has to be hard. And like you were saying, you were saying, I'm not a developer. I couldn't help you with that if I wanted to. And it was more the idea behind it and then finding the right people to support and fill in the gaps. But what would your advice be for someone who might be considering that? I mean, one is like, don't be scared to try something new and try a new industry because the way I always think of it is like, well, I don't want to just have the same skills for the rest of my life, you know, just because I haven't done something before. I don't want to be bound to never trying it. And also remembering that you didn't have any of the skills you had now when you were born. I mean, <laughs> you're, a, you're a mom. You know how we all start out with zero skills. None, none at all. So, you know, we can have these ideas of like, I know how to do this and not that. Or like, I'm not good with technology. It's like, well, you, you have to learn, you know. You didn't you used to know how to send an email. And then yeah. <laughs> someone showed you how. And yep. now Hot you mail. Right. So yeah, you know, just I think don't feel intimidated by trying new things. There's going to be a massive learning curve. I mean, I'm definitely still figuring out all the parts of of running a software business and the things that are unique about, you know, building a software product and and how to balance it all. But I would just say, you know, the first thing to do is like just start learning, start hanging out in those online communities and like reading the books and reading the lingo and just googling everything. <laughs> like, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? What does that mean? So you can start to familiarize yourself. And then if you really want to go all in on creating a software business, I, I think if you're not a developer, you do need some sort of technical partner. And you know, partner can mean a lot of things. It can mean a co-founder. It can mean someone that you've hired that really knows what they're talking about. Um, but I do think you want someone from that background to help you like shape your idea and, and figure out how it would actually be built. And also maybe you want to learn some programming yourself. That That's not something that I've done, but it's something a lot of people do, even if they're not going to be writing the code, just so that they can you know, understand better and be more familiar. And there's just so much amazing online education now teaching you the basics of this stuff or the advanced if you want to go further. Yeah. So what is your vision for you've launched the new company and are you planning like any time, like, is this going to be, this is a cycle and like every few years you feel like you might have the itch or this is going to be it for a little while or just one step at a time? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one one step at a time. And the new company, by the way, is again, a huge learning (laughs) curve for me. It's a tool for software developers. So it's a totally different market. It's, It's a different way to sell. You know, it's another area where I'm learning a lot of new things. So that's fun and that's exciting. I mean, I think I'll continue to start, you know, I'm probably not done starting companies. I don't know if I need to do it as quickly yeah. as I've as I've been doing it, you're maybe batching, I should like you're batching your company. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should slow down a little bit on that. But yeah, I mean, I know that I'll be an entrepreneur for life, and I just it's it's fun to keep learning. Okay, so as we are wrapping up, and we've been ping ponging back and forth, this is just my style and following the inspiration and just my nosiness. But 
Is there anything we haven't covered? Just thinking back, especially to, again, while you've had little boots on the ground with you as like, I guess maybe what would you tell yourself before he came along? Like, what is your advice to those who they're building their businesses Mm -hmm. and sometimes people are genuinely afraid. And obviously it's not always as easy as just, I'm going to decide to have a baby, Mm. but some people are afraid to even open to that possibility because they're worried like, Oh, all this momentum that I'm building. So what would your advice be software or not information product for setting up for success to where you do have that flexibility, even if it's not necessarily like we're talking about all a team right away. I think it's good to remember that you are forging a new path. And a lot of the stuff you read and hear is like kind of, it's gonna, honestly, it's gonna make you feel bad. It's gonna set you a little wrong. Like, we're doing something new as women right now. It really is new because even, I mean, one, <laughs> like the whole like women entering the workforce, that was like the 70s, like right. not that long ago, yeah. you know, that women really started to have professional jobs in mass. So it's like, not only is that not that old, but that whole thing was about like, oh, women can have corporate jobs too. Like women can work just as many hours as men can. Like this thing that, you know, we're doing right now that you're like leading this movement with your podcast and the work that you publish, like it is so cool and so exciting and it is new. Like we're all figuring it out together right now. And I remember I was reading a blog post the other day that was like, you know, this tech founder who had taken one month's paternity leave, you oh, wow. know, and he's like, Oh, it was so amazing to like step away from my business for one month. And you know, <laughs> I, I had so many insights and like, I'm so glad I did it. And it just like, it really made me see this contrast between him and I, you know, yeah. like we're both tech founders. Like he's someone I respect. Like my life as a mother is just different from mm. his as a father, like I'm not taking one month and then just being like, and now I'm totally back in business land. You know, that's obviously depends on your family and your setup. And, you know, but for most women, that's, that's not really how it goes. So I just think there's like, you have to remember that everything that's been written about business was written by men who had wives that totally took care Mm. of their family life and their personal life. And most men, that's still the situation that they're in. I don't know how they got such a sweet deal. I'm super jealous. (laughs) So like surround yourself with moms. Like, you know, this is why women really like learning from other women because we do kind of know a different context. And like a lot of people are going to tell you that what you're doing you know, can't be done or like, oh, you can't run a successful business and only work that many hours. Like focus on the people who are doing it because anything is possible. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship. You get to do it your way. And maybe you're like, yep, I do make less money. Like, yep, I'm not running a hundred billion dollar company, but I'm meeting my goals. I'm making good money and I can take time off with my kid whenever I want. So it's like focus on what you want to build and ignore everyone else. (laughs) Yes. Mic drop. It's really true. And I, I do, I just love this conversation because it is new. It's just something Mm -hmm. that we are creating together. And that was my biggest inspiration for starting the podcast. Cause I, I described it like a, 
potluck of ideas. And it's not like one way is going to, there's not one way to raise a good human and there's not one way to build a successful business. And so I just wanted everybody like bring your favorite dish, bring what works for you. Everybody grab a plate, take what works, skip over what doesn't just to hear like how people are making it work because otherwise, yeah, it's not a model you're going to find in a textbook. Thankfully now we can find a lot more stories on Google and Mm. such, but yeah. No, like I said, that's why I was really excited to have you on just to share from a software perspective, just presenting another option and another way. Cause there could be someone listening. Who's like, I don't really want to be the face of my business, but I just came in, like fell into this rabbit hole of online marketing and thought that's my only option. And so now it's just, it's another option on the menu for people. So Thank you again, just for sharing, sharing what you shared. I'm excited about your new little one on the way. Um, Family of four over here too. Our guys are six and two now, and it's a lot of fun and craziness as well. But yeah, is there anything else just overall, and it can be business or it could be mom stuff or a mix of both, but anything else that we haven't covered that you want to leave with us? I mean, I would just want to encourage people listening that like you, you are an entrepreneur and I, hate it when female entrepreneurs are not taken seriously and it happens constantly. Mm. And like, if you are like selling an MLM out of your garage, like you are learning business right now, you are learning entrepreneur skills. And I hate when people act like that's not serious. That's not real. Like the stuff you like business is business and you go into different industries and models and you learn new things, but like whatever business you're in, you're learning how to be an entrepreneur and you can keep growing that. So yeah, like if you are the face of your business and you want to try something else, like maybe owning a coffee shop or a restaurant is right for you. Maybe owning an e-commerce boutique. I don't know, but like, I just want you to listen and have the confidence that you've already gotten started on your entrepreneurial journey, even if you haven't started your business yet and you're like reading stuff and listening to these podcasts, obviously that's the mindset that you're in and don't sell yourself short. You know, you learn how to get started. You can learn how to do anything. Yes. Thank you. On behalf of everyone with us in their earbuds right now. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And good luck with the launch and the launch of the new human. Thank you. (laughs) And yes, I will be sharing this with your team so they can share it out. And I know you're going to inspire lots of people listening. So thanks, Laura. Thank you. All right, let's talk takeaways. One of my favorite takeaways from this conversation with Laura is when she said, I did find that for me, I could not do mom time and work time at the same time. Because it's so freaking valuable to just know and acknowledge that whatever works for you or doesn't work for you, you have got to be honest about it and then get creative if you need to in order to get the support that you need. For example, I'm recording this at my parents' house because I knew I just needed to get out of the house to be able to focus this week. And it's been amazing just finding a separate space to the degree that you can get that support. And then the conversation around scheduling social media, I loved when she said, we want to free up your time to be able to do the human parts. And I loved that reframe on scheduling because when you think about scheduling as just a conversation starter, knowing that you or someone on your team will eventually dive back in to engage and do those air quotes human parts, then there you go. You're still doing the human parts. You still have that connection. 
All right, now your turn. You tell me what was your favorite takeaway. Post a screenshot to your Instagram story. Tag me at Nikki Elledge Brown. And if you haven't yet, I would so appreciate it while you're here in your favorite podcasting app. If you would take 60 seconds to just tap on over to where the reviews are. And if you would just leave a rating and review, that would be awesome. I love reading them selfishly. It makes me feel good. But they also help more people find our corner of the podcast world too. All right, that's it for today. Catch you next time. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I'm in priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind-the-scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.